Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The score! This hour is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2. On Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. The Eagles have been the NFC's best team all season long. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to the Super Bowl again. Biggest one of the year so far, Ike. What do you got? Victory! (laughs) Almost died. going to say i hope he lived through that he apparently did because he's he's on the phone <laughs> ike reese is on twitter at ike 58 reese he is on the score hotline presented by circa resort and casino in las vegas home of the world's largest sports book ike what's happening <laughs> what's up fellas good morning good, good morning. morning to you too has your voice recovered from the celebration yet not really, but you know, sometimes I really can't tell. This is how I naturally sound, even though it sounds like my voice is stressed out right now. I think because I talk so loud normally that my voice is always in a stress. My voice box is always stressed out. So, yeah, that's just part for the course for me, fellas. Well, we thank you for coming back onto the station, and we appreciate it. Like, it's been such a fun ride. If, can you just go back over – the, the, the maturation of Jalen Hurts from him taking over the job and people having questions. I, I think at one point even Doug Peterson said that he was, uh, what, what did he call him, Taysom Hill on steroids to, 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 <laughs> to now him being a Super Bowl quarterback and an MVP candidate. How did we get here with Jalen Hurts? Um, through hard work by him. Young man, he deserves a lot of credit. Uh, he put the work in. He put the work in. I mean, um, I, I think it's okay to say you had a first impression or an initial take on what you may have thought Jalen Hurts' ceiling was. I know I certainly did, and I didn't see this coming, right? I thought he could be a starter in this league. Uh, could he be a franchise quarterback, meaning somebody that your franchise is not looking for another quarterback while you hold down the spot and you believe you have your guy? I didn't necessarily believe that when they drafted him and through his first year and a half of playing, I did not believe that, along with a lot of other people. And um, I, I think it's okay to admit that as well as give him all the credit in the world for improving on a lot of the areas that weren't necessarily – um, um, strong for him uh, when it comes to the physical attributes it takes to play the quarterback position uh, at this level. And then, because I think all the cerebral things, the intangibles, those are the things that he's always received high praise for, right? It's the reason why he was drafted in the second round. We talk about some of these other quarterbacks that somehow exceeded expectations coming out, whether it's Russell Wilson, 
Dak Prescott. I mean, look at look at uh, Brock Purdy this year and what he did uh, as a seventh round pick. And all those guys deserve credit for doing what they eventually did. But Jalen, let's not. Jalen had talent. Like there was talent. He was a second round draft pick, a Heisman runner up. There was talent there. It was just a matter of a. Um, could he improve on some of those areas of his of his weaknesses that caused him to fall to the second round? And then B, can he be put in a system? Can he, can you get him with coaches that will allow him to to reach his potential as opposed to putting him in a box and trying to make him fit into your system or your ideal way that you think he should be playing? The one thing this Eagles coaching staff did midway through last season, I think they started to embrace a lot of Jalen strengths uh, uh, as a quarterback. And they started to build an offense around that. And really since then, he's taken off. I think he's like, I think he's like 25 and one or 26 and one or something like that since midway uh, of the season last year to now. Uh, and if you want to, you know, if you want to include the playoff loss, okay, give him two losses, uh, the one he had last year. But other than that, this kid did a lot of work on his game this offseason, and he, he deserves a lot of credit because a lot of players don't necessarily put in the work to, to reach their potential. And the great the crazy thing about Jalen, I know this is a long-winded answer, the crazy thing about Jalen is that <laughs> now most of us believe he's just scratching the surface as to what he can ultimately be. So uh, imagine how good he could be in three or four years once he really gets a grasp of this game. It's, 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 uh, it's been tremendous. I just, I'm just – we're just sad he missed those two games because we believe he's going to get robbed out of an MVP award, which he truly deserves. But um, we'll take the Super Bowl MVP. We'll, we'll take that over the regular season MVP if we can get that done. Like what I still can't get past that I, I, I think isn't fully appreciated is that when you see a team back in the Super Bowl in short order and, you know, within three, four years, the way, the way they've done this – it's not like they've had the continuity of Bill Belichick the whole time or even Mike Tomlin the whole time. This is all new and changed out. This is a different coach. And the accomplishment of that it must has to say something extremely positive and strong about the people who have been there continuously. I completely agree. Um, you know, obviously the players – First and foremost, we get a lot of credit. There's guys out there uh, playing the game, uh, putting things together, winning and losing, except the losses. So they they're always will go to the top of the list, in my opinion. And then the coaching staff that has to coach these guys up and cultivate a culture that will allow them uh, to be the best um, players that they could be, as well as putting them in a system that allowed them offensively and defensively to be good. But being a product of this organization, being a draft pick of this organization, uh, feeling like I was a part of something that was at the beginning that sort of laid a foundation for what we've seen over the last two decades, played a small role in that. Uh, I did for seven years. Uh, I, I give tons of credit to the organization. Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman as the architect of this thing, the people that work under him. Um, it, it, it does take a culture um, – a, uh, a stable culture and, and with high principles and values and a module that you believe that can be successful. Also the willingness to be flexible and look in the mirror and realize where you made mistakes and then correct those mistakes. And that's what has allowed this organization 
to not have those elongated dips where you have two or three, four years of just, you know, tough football to watch. Uh, it's because um, the organization, I believe, has a module for success that has worked for them, and they may deviate from it from time to time, um, but they usually find their way back to that path and it's allowed them to be successful as they have for over two decades uh, with the ownership group and with Howie Roseman after he took over for Joe Banner. Um, it, it's, it's crazy that's come full circle who we facing in the Super Bowl because uh, that guy over there, he deserves a lot of credit for also being at the forefront of seeing what we see with this organization. And it's the reason why players thrive uh, when they come here, when they draft here, because they, they, they truly do know what they're doing. So, and like I said, I'm a product of it, so I'm biased, but uh, I've seen far too many players um, um, succeed here to not think that uh, it has to have something to do with the culture that's there. And that's always been uh, Jeffrey Lurie along with Howie Roseman and those people upstairs. So let me go back to a previous answer then when you said that the important aspect for, for Jalen Hurts is when the organization did make that commitment. When, and, and I don't think they all just sort of sat in a room and one day decided that this raw material is is enough that we can build. And, and I, I'm curious about how that occurred and what the steps were as they came to the realization that Jalen Hurts really was worth this kind of entire organizational investment. I think I think the results on the field. I, I mean, I obviously don't have any firsthand knowledge of it myself, but if I'm sitting back, I know when I no longer had that question, and it was probably like week four or five of this season, um, watching him play through the first five weeks of the season and seeing the clear development of, of his game from a passing standpoint and seeing what he was able to do, that's sort of when I came to that conclusion. But I'll say this to you guys. I think – at some point, they decided we have to at least give him the opportunity to show us whether or not he's that guy or not. And so they put a great team around him. They added weapons. They went out and got A.J. Brown, uh, who's a very good friend of his. I'm pretty sure <laughs> Jalen probably suggested that, <laughs> you know, to at least look into that, considering their relationship. And that has been a huge plus for Jalen and his entire offense uh, on that side of the football. And then you give him a defense uh, with the amount of players they put on that side of the football. Uh, and see, people say when you go get the quarterback help, we like to start with the wide receivers or the offensive line, and, and all those things are important. But also not putting added stress on your quarterback to have to go out and win shootouts helps the quarterback as well. So what I mean by that is they put enough talent on that defensive side of the ball that when Jalen – was going through his process this year. I mean, it helps to have a defense that's only given up seven points here, ten points there. They're taking the ball away. They're giving you a short field. They lead the league in sacks, third most in the, in the history of the game. Like, all those things, putting the players around Jalen, the same way they did around Carson Wentz in his second season, and it led to a Super Bowl. That's what I mean by having the blueprint or the module to be successful, they realize with Jalen, it's now or never that we find out. And so they, they had the, the draft equity. They had the, uh, the cap space to do it. And I'm not saying Jalen isn't the most important cog in this whole wheel. I'm just saying it certainly helps a quarterback to have help on all levels 
of the game of football. And so that has allowed Jalen to play at the level he has. And now we can all clearly see this is what we have. Because it's difficult when the quarterback is primarily primarily the, the most talent on the team and he doesn't have enough help around him. Because now he has to feel like I got to do everything to win every game, every possession, and that leads to some bad habits. Jalen has not had to play that way all year long. When things aren't going well early, his defense is playing well, and it allows him to not feel like he needs to press, and he can sort of get things going, and they've won football games that way this year. So I just think I just think they realize it's his third year. This is the time to do it, and they had the cap space and the draft capital to add the talent that they had around him, and this is what we have. And now he's shown that given – Given the, the 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 proper team around him, he can make you a Super Bowl contender, a Super Bowl favorite, and that's hard to believe over Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. So that lets you know how good this football team is, and it all starts with with Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position. Ike, I want you to go back into your linebacker days because I, I I need you to give me a scouting report on something. Okay. Why why is Jason Kelsey so good at center? <laughs> Oh, man, because he's a former linebacker. <laughs> that, that's what that? it is. <laughs> no, in all, in all seriousness, man, he is just a a very cerebral football player. And, and most centers are. They, they almost they, they're like an extension of the quarterback and the coach because they have to make so many different checks at the line, and they're like a, a QB assistant. So he certainly has seen just about everything. But with, with Jason um, – I think that's his clear-cut advantage, but obviously his athleticism, uh, playing in a system that doesn't require him to do things that he wouldn't necessarily be good at. And there aren't very many things that he wouldn't be good at, but he's obviously an undersized center, uh, and his athleticism is best. So when we get him on the perimeter, whether it's a screen or a toss or things of that nature, he is truly at his best because he already has the DNA of the toughness and the, the heady, the smart football player. Um, it's just it's just a matter of putting him with the right coaches. And I'll tell you, uh, um, um, about 2015 or 16, uh, we're going through some tough times here, and we're going through coaches, and it wasn't it wasn't there was some some uh, some question as to whether or not Jason would be here for the 2017 season, I believe. You know, there's rumors about whether or not he would get traded or released that offseason. I think it was that offseason of 17. And um, so it, there, there were times where, you know, things didn't look as bright as they do now. But I give this guy all the credit. And it would have been the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes ever made by the organization, by the way. Um, but – if those rumors were true, but he has been here and he's just been the consummate professional and the, uh, the consummate pro. He's been here through all four head coaches. Uh, he's learned a lot. He's had some great uh, offensive line coaches, Juan Castillo, Howard Mudd, uh, on to, um, to uh, Jeff Stoutland now, who's arguably the best in the business. He'll, he'll be the first to tell you that he's had some great mentors that, that help him learn the game of football, but he, all the, all the work, the toughness, that, that stuff goes to what's in his DNA, man. And he deserves all the credit. Future Hall of Famer without, without any question. And I don't know if you could have said that 
five years ago. That, that's why we his career is so unique, is that he's not one of these guys that from the beginning you knew he was going to be a Hall of Famer. He's a six-round draft pick out of Cincinnati that's worked himself into being a Hall of Famer. So, um, and, and, and arguably one of the three or four most beloved Philadelphia Eagles of all time. <laughs> you talking about Reggie White, you talking about Brian Dawkins and Jason Kelsey. Um, <laughs> that's just how far he's come as a player in his career. And his brother is absolutely remarkable as well. Yes. And every time, <laughs> every time I, I, I look at the idea of a game plan, and I say, well, just just bracket the tight end. Just you got to have help under, help over, and make it harder to get it to him. And no matter what. He finds a way to find an area where he's available and open and somehow seemingly, at least for enough of a moment, uncovered. What's the secret sauce to at least limiting his effectiveness? Wow, limiting his effectiveness? Man, you would have to double or triple team him. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if double teams will work. And, and they're, they're so used to seeing that type of coverage on Travis Kelsey, uh, Andy Reid is such a great play designer, and Pat Mahomes um, has the confidence to allow certain plays to develop and trust that Jason, I mean Jason, that Travis will get open and they'll get the ball to him. They've seen probably just about every coverage you could throw him this year. You know, without Tyreek being here, everybody wondered, okay, how would that impact not just Pat Mahomes, but really how would it impact Travis Kelsey because now he's going to see all the double coverage. Well, th- this year, if there was ever any doubt um, <laughs> that, that Travis Kelsey has shown you that he's arguably the best tight end in the history of the game, um, when you think about his athleticism, the coverage that he's seeing, and the numbers that he's still putting up, uh, it's I don't know how you stop the guy. I, I just don't. You have to hope he's having a tough day. You have to hope Pat Mahomes is having a tough day at quarterback because they're going to get him the football one way or the other. He may not get in the end zone, but he's going to get his targets. And more likely than not, he's going to get a fair number of catches. That's that's just who he is as a player. You, you, you know, some guys you just hope to contain. You know you're not going to stop them. You just hope they don't have one of those 10 to 12 catch. 150 yard, two touchdown days on you. You just you hope you can keep him the six or seven catches for about 60, 70 yards and keep him out of the end zone, and you're happy with that. Ike, you played with Michael Vick. Did you play with any other black quarterbacks during your career? Uh, Jeff Blake. Oh, great. He was, he was our yeah. He was our backup quarterback on the uh, Super Bowl team. So it, it, and uh, and DJ Shockley was the backup quarterback in Atlanta when I was there. DJ Shockley, wow, that's a good pull. I appreciate that. The Georgia Bulldog, great. Yeah. <laughs> How significant is it to you to see two black quarterbacks starting against each other in a Super Bowl? Oh, it's very significant. Uh, I, I think, um, if for no other reason, in this sport, the guys that have played that position uh, fought for so many years, so many decades for acceptance uh, at that position and just to be given that opportunity to play that position um, to prove that they could be worthy of being a leader. Because let's face it, that's what that that position sort of represents. He's the leader of your team. He's the face of your team. He's like the CEO of the franchise. So, um, And for many, many decades, um, for whatever 
reasons out there, stereotypical reasons out there. Uh, guys either weren't given the opportunity or they, they were on a very short leash as to how long they would be able to develop at the quarterback position. And even worse, some of them uh, certainly weren't embraced with their skill sets as opposed to being asked to do things they weren't necessarily great at. So to see both of these guys, and the great thing about it is they do it two different ways. That That's the great thing about how they play the game. We know Patrick Mahomes has athletic ability, but he's not a mobile quarterback. He's not looking to run. That's not what he looks to do. And he's arguably, not he's arguably, hell, he's the best quarterback in football throwing the ball from the pocket. The record numbers he's putting up uh, is beautiful. So it's great to see him be able to do it that way. But then it's also great to see how Jalen plays the game while he has the ability to throw the ball and he can beat you with his arm. Uh, being a dual threat and embracing that and seeing it being on a team where you see an offense embrace that and they put a scheme around that that enhances it uh, as opposed to trying to limit you from doing those things. Uh, it's great to see that the Eagles are the best team in football with a quarterback playing that way. And so I, I think, if nothing else, it furthers the game of football. It, it, it advances the game of football. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited uh, to see that. And it just lets you know the game that we all love the game I owe a lot to in my life and what I have now and my kids um, is great. You, you can have something you can be proud about with the game of football, particularly the National Football League. So on the biggest stage where we showcase this game that we love, the best sport in all the sports, in my opinion, it's great to see that we're going to have two representatives, in my opinion, um, that, have, that represents – um, sort of a, a struggle or an advance in the game that we can all be proud of. So uh, I think it's something that we can all be proud of as football fans, as Americans, um, that that we feel like there is progress being made, and we know it's there, but it's great to see it at the highest level. So some of these things you can't talk about anymore as far as stereotypes. You can't win with a quarterback that plays this way or does these things. Um, both of these guys have blown that out the water. And so now we don't have to talk about that anymore. It's just like having black head coaches uh, in the NFL when Lovey Smith and um, Tony Dungy coached against each other in the NFL. First time you had two African-American head coaches in there and Tony Dungy became the first one to win a Super Bowl. That was a beautiful thing, too. I'm just as proud then, just as I was as a um as a um how old was i <laughs> as a 13 or 14 year old kid uh when i saw Doug Williams play in the super bowl and win the super bowl but, you and, know, I hadn't seen that yeah when i when i was a 13 or 14 year old kid and didn't know a whole lot about the whole you know race and 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 this and that you you're still innocent when you're a teenager but it was i just remember as a kid just feeling a sense of pride like man and there's a guy that I, he looks like me, and he's throwing the football, which I had never seen before. Because um, you didn't have cable. We didn't have cable back then, and we didn't get many NFC games. I'm from Cincinnati, so most of the quarterbacks I saw were white. So to see Doug Williams playing, that was that was pretty cool as a teenager. So, um, like I said, it's the greatest sport in the world. I owe everything I have to the sport of football. And every once in a while, um, the sport – you can kind of, you kind of like, oh man, I played in that sport. Things that make you cringe, but this is something I think we can all hold our head high and be proud of, and happy to see that the game is advancing. So, yeah, that's that's just pretty much why I'm with that. Well, Seth, there there hasn't been a lot of uh, in, here in Chicago for football fans to be proud of, and longtime Bears fans to be proud of, Ike. But uh, have you checked out the Bears and get a look at the tableau of their quarterback, general manager? and newly minted team president and CEO? 
I had not. I'm assuming they're all African American. Ryan Poles and the newly hired Kevin Warren to go along with Justin Fields. Oh, and that's to, right, Kevin and, Warren from the Big Ten. Yep. That's right. And, 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 yeah, to, and yeah. to think that that is that is the team that George Hallis owned and ran. That is a team that for yeah. a long time had rules about how players had to look to be employed right. by that team. And you talk about you know points of pride. There's another one for you. Man, see, I didn't even know that. You just you just taught me something. So, uh, and not about who's in charge in those positions, but the whole George Hallis thing. I, you know, some things I just know about Papa Bear Hallis, right? You just, from mm-hmm. afar. That's so. Yeah, I, I didn't know about that, but you're right, though, man. And I'm pretty sure as a Bear fan and Bears fans out there, yeah, that's that's something to be proud of. Seriously. And by the way, <laughs> just off topic, uh, keep Justin Fields. <laughs> He's a pretty damn good quarterback. Keep Justin Fields. We're, we're hoping that they do. <laughs> good advice. <laughs> I, yep. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate the time as always, sir. All right, guys. Take it easy. Thank you. That is Ike Reese. He's always delightful. terrific. delightful. Always. Always. Never fails. Hey, speaking of Patrick Mahomes, there was a really good interview yesterday that our afternoon compatriots did with Patrick Mahomes Sr. Uh-huh. A little bit of history there, which... We should give like a, a parental warning for this because there are going to be a lot of Bears fans that when they hear it or if they saw it on social yesterday because it was everywhere, that they're going to be upset. You and I found ourselves not as upset. No, and it, it just exposed an ongoing trait, I think, in some Bears fans that's not dissimilar from that of White Sox fans. <laughs> yeah. We'll explain next here on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Rushing four, Mahomes in the pocket, fires, and that's going to be a touchdown. Mahomes, he's counting up five. He goes all the way to ten. That's how many fingers he has. He was also the tenth pick of the 2017 draft, uh, chosen after Trubisky. He sure was. He was chosen after Mitchell Trubisky and... Apparently, they had, you know. Well, how about we let we we prepare you for this, and then we'll, we'll let the boys help tell you the story. So remember that draft? Remember that 2017 draft when Bears moved up one spot and gave away a lot of picks to not take Patrick Mahomes, not take Deshaun Watson? I didn't even talk to Deshaun Watson. 
not even know who he was or even though they were looking at tape of Deshaun Watson's team beating Mitch Trubisky's team. Way to go, Ryan Pace. Exactly. Well, Pat Patrick Mahomes Sr. or Pat Mahomes Sr. was very happy because you could imagine he was a little bit offended by the Cincinnati mayor talking about Joe Burrow being Patrick Mahomes is the second daddy when he got a daddy. And daddy's pretty famous. He was on with Parkins and Spiegel. And if you're a Bears fan, you either want to turn the radio down or turn it up. But either way, you're going to cringe when you hear this. Well, I don't know if there was ever a moment I thought it. I know he wholeheartedly thought it because they told him that they were going to draft him. You know, they told him that they were going to draft him. So we thought he was going to be the third pick overall, go to Chicago. He had a great meeting when he went there and, and liked all the guys that were doing the stuff there, and, and he thought he was going to be a bear. And then once they traded up and got Mitch, you know, it kind of hurt him. I mean, it really did. But he always knew that Kansas City had told him that, you know, they were going to come up and get him. They just didn't know how far he had to go. But initially, he thought he was going to be a Chicago Bear. Oh, my uh, God. Can someone pass me some Patron? Oh, my God. <laughs> The that, greatest quarterback I've ever seen could have been a bear. Who who told him? Who told him? Do you know? I don't know. You know how they go in and they do their meetings and stuff, and <sighs> they meet with the head coach and the general manager and all that. And in those meetings, uh, they were impressed with how he did on the whiteboard, you know, calling the plays and, and knowing all that. And, and Patrick has a, what they call an identity memory where he can see something one time and he'll, he'll always remember it. So they were impressed by that. And uh, they told him they were going to get it. But uh, in the end, it ended up being they passed. They went with Mitch. And uh, he was fortunate enough to land with Kansas City, with Andy Reid, and all those great play callers over there with the with the hell of a team. And a team that had won 11 or 12 games a year before. And he was able to go there and learn from Alex Smith, who did a hell of a job teaching him. And um, it just all worked out from there. So that's Pat Mahomes, who was on with uh, Parkinson Spiegel. Great get yesterday. Terrific yeah, interview. Yeah, really great get by them. But I got to tell you, personally, I'm done wallowing. Bears fans love it. Bears, the, the masochism of Bears fans. You just bring on the retroactive pain. This is a choice. You don't have to. You can say, hey, you know what? They've got one of the most dynamic young quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah, like that's the cool thing is that you end up with Justin Fields. I it didn't I, I laughed because I, I knew what Danny's reaction was going to be when Mahomes said that. And it, it made me laugh that he, you know, kind of went through all of it. And I found myself going, Yeah, but the bad man's gone now. Like I I'm, of course, you would want Patrick Mahomes in a Bears uniform. And in fact, in inside of Radiant Black, we actually played with that. And the universe that Radiant Black lives in, we actually have Patrick Mahomes as the Bears quarterback. But you need to read episode one or issue one to find that out. Anyway, my whole thing is Ryan Pace can't hurt us anymore. He's gone. He's, He's gone. They fired him. And we knew we all knew that he had made a mistake, even if the mistake was his process. Even even if Mitch had turned out to be a good quarterback, we knew that the process by which they got to Mitch and then trading up 
to get Mitch was wrong. But he's not here anymore. And so it's a funny and great footnote and an excellent interview that the boys did. And I just I mentioned this before. I just love the way Mahomes sounds. I just I just love his whole well, sound. Well, did you did you hear that Shane did his impersonation for Pat Mahomes Sr.? Oh, how'd it go? He enjoyed it. Okay. He thought it was pretty good. So you, you got know. a cigar of your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Barrow. You smoking on the Joe Barrow. I'm smoking on the Joe Barrow. <laughs> How's it feel to be headed back to the Super Bowl? Uh, it feels great, you know. You know, my baby boy did what he always do. You know, he's going to show up and, and show out. And I'm just glad he did it. <laughs> and, and, so and, good. And remember, remember the backstory of him ending up in Kansas City. Where he might have the 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 memory that Pat Mahomes Sr. is talking about, but also Matt Nagy really wanted them to draft him and gave him the plays that Andy Reid was right. going to ha- have That's him right. put on the board. Here's what they're going to quiz you on. Here's uh-huh. how you can look good. That's how you put your thumb on the scale. That's why the that man. The first day that a- I met Coach Reed was at the facility. We had like the uh, meetings, like the top thirty visits. So I was in there for like five hours. Just He's just going grilled. through plays, going through plays, and uh, I'm going just going to give you all the inside scoop. Uh, Matt Nagy, who was the offensive coordinator then, he really liked me, so he gave me the plays they were going to go over the night before. So Coach Reed's finding out here live on New Heights. Podcast. Oh my gosh, Matt <laughs> Nagy, how could you? Speaking of the New Heights podcast, I, I made mention of this yesterday, but I didn't finish the thought. I think that the brothers Kelsey and Karamaza should do their podcast this week together. Like they should talk about making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like the Schwartz brothers do. Yeah. yeah. They should do their podcast together this week with various guests and whoever it is that they usually bring on because they usually get big names on it. I also think that next week they should do it separately. I think they should both do an episode from their point of view without the other brother's point of view as they make it to Arizona. If I were producing the podcast, that's that would be the suggestion I would make to them. This week is great. It's lovey-dovey. Let's talk to mom. Mom's really excited. She, her two boys are are playing in the Super Bowl. Oh, but she's not though. It's it's got to be awful as a parent. She's excited to, right now. Yeah, but to know one of your kids is going to be that disappointed is just awful. But here's the thing, though, Dan. Both of them already have rings. Doesn't matter. I. But, you, you, you're only as happy as your least I, happy kid. I get that, but this isn't a situation where one of them walks home without a ring. Still, they each I, have one. I know, and but one isn't denying the other one of actually I, having. I understand one. that, but you're only as happy as your least happy kid. And this is a no-win situation as a parent. And she seemed pretty happy about it. I think right now she can be, but once that game starts and once you know that one of your kids it's is also, walking off it, that field that unhappy. It's also helpful that they're literally not playing against each other. That's true. You know, I was thinking that about They're not this. smashing into each other. Because tra- yeah. I know how I would react. I know how I would react if it was me and Braxton. Because I remember what it was like when we were kids. And I wanted to destroy them. Mm-hmm. And that's how I would be right now. You're like the Harbaugh brothers. Well, I don't know if I don't know if we'd be that crazy and like, not want to. Quite as pathological. Yeah, as that. like the fake smiling through an interview that you don't want to do, and all the stuff about the masking tape in the bedroom, about ter- marking their territory and everything. Yeah, 
But see, the, the thing is, is that the Kelsey brothers, I think, are closer in age than me and Braxton are. Braxton's five years older than me. And even now, like, you know, he's like a bigger version of me. And but back then, it was even worse. Man, I'd look for any sort of advantage I could get. Any sort of edge I could get. Try to run you off into any sort of pick and run them into a pole and run them, run them into the garage. Like anything that I got to do to try and win. You got a cigar of your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Barrow. You smoking on the Joe Barrow. I'm smoking on the Joe Barrow. You guys mentioned uh, Shane's impression yeah. of Patrick Mahomes that he did for Patrick Mahomes Sr. We should take a listen to that because that was Dad, a cool it's, moment. it's so nice that you're here with us today, and I, I just want to thank you for teaching me everything that I know. But the one thing that you didn't teach me or you shouldn't have taught me is to put ketchup on my well-done steak. Can, can you tell these guys why I grew up eating steak like that? Was it your fault? Was it mom's fault? Was it Jackson's fault? I don't know who it was, but I had to thank you for it. <laughs> uh, well, you just came out eating it. I mean, you see ketchup on two pieces of bread. So, you know, this is the way you've always done it. So, uh, we never stop it. <laughs> Dad, thanks so much for coming on today. Love you so much. <laughs> How's that? That was awesome, whoever that was. <laughs> <laughs> That's our producer, hey, Shane. It's awesome, it's right? the guy you've been talking to, Pat. Have yeah, you, that was awesome. Oh. Have you ever heard a better impression of yourself? <laughs> No, no, that, that 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 was awesome. I actually thought I was talking to Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> nice validation. That's I, I'm, Shane will will. Here's the unfortunate part. Shane is going to bask in that. Oh, forever. Mm, mm, he's going to bask in it for a short period of time, and then he's going to obsess about it. He's going to be like, "I could have done it better," even though. Oh, I see what you mean. Even though he got. The check mark. He got the validation from Pat Mahomes Sr. He's he he is he took all the love. People were giving him love on social media. And I just know that that now Shane's like, I could have done a better bit. I, I could have done it better. The next time we have Pat Mahomes Sr. on, I'm gonna be ready. Before I started working for the score when I was still working in Rockford and uh Tom Sher used to have me on to do impersonations. I got to do Charlie Steiner for Charlie Steiner, and it was great. And and he would he did the Steiner laugh, oh, 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 the laughing jag that oh, you have to move the camera yeah. away. Did you, and you guys was that Camelback where you guys told him he was on with? I feel like he was on with you guys yeah, at with Camelback Ter- Ranch with, with Terry. And me. Yes, he was. He was, and he had a bunch of grievances that he was airing too. And we were sitting in the press box with Terry. But, that, but that's fun. They see the, the the problem that, that that I have now when it comes to the, the when I call my parents' house every time my mom picks up, she thinks I'm my dad. So she'll just immediately say, "Oh, hi, I'm going to get my hair done, and then I need you to stop by sunset because there's uh, there's a you pick pick up the steaks, and they're coming over, and then our friends are coming over." And I'm like, "Mama, mama, 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 it's me." She's like, "Oh, I thought you were your father." That happens all the time, and then she's got a list of things that you need to do. Well, and some of that stuff starts happening now now with Jason. Because he also he sounds a little like me. Yes, and, he and, does. And Beth sometimes is, is having that. So now everybody's completely confused. But it's I, I have to wait. Uh, now we got to get your dad on the podcast. Talk about the Bulls. I, he just went to his first Bulls game in like twenty five years. There should, you go. Yeah, we should have put him out and talk. About he should it. be on the, on the podcast. Yeah, he should, we should. Yeah, that's yeah. He should have done that to explain his Bulls experience. He had the time of his damn life. 
This and, is why and, he should be on the podcast. This, all he could talk about is like, oh, yeah, it was great. The game was great. The entertainment's incredible. But that turkey sandwich, he was just raving about the quality of the turkey sandwich that he had. He said, when did food at the basketball game get so good? He goes, this was like carved turkey right there. It was, it was so good. I need like, really? I need Mr. Bernstein on the organization <laughs> wins championship podcast. I'm I need telling a three you, three generation episode. No matter what we talk about, it's going to get back to that turkey. What's sandwich. wrong with that? Nothing. There's nothing wrong with him talking about how great the food is. That's part of the experience of going to any game. Is the eating part? I'll, I'll be out there tonight. Oh, that's right. We're going to talk some bulls a little later on the show. We have Joe Cowley coming up, but we have High Noon coming up next. This stuff going on at the Dallas Zoo. You know, we talked about the escaped leopard. Oh yeah. There's something up. Oh, no. People are like letting. There's animals getting stolen. There's animals getting hurt. And the Dallas Zoo, it doesn't know what's happening. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the Palace Saloon. Yeah, right. When? High noon? We're busy today. Uh, we started out by doing a, a little bit of a, a, a secondary story on the way Bobby Hull's death was covered yesterday and what's wrong, what's very wrong with the concept of don't speak ill of the dead and how that only serves to normalize and protect bad actors. And we lauded those who handled it correctly yesterday, and I think we pointed out those whose coverage left something to be desired. And we were pretty transparent about what the score did yesterday and how disappointed I was in, in what the station initially did. But they but they course corrected. Yeah. And and everything ended up okay. Also, really pointed out the, on Twitter what Dean Richards did after he said some things and then had some things pointed out to him. And he put out a very, a very aware and mature tweet saying, okay, thank you for letting me know that tweet has been removed and, it, it, and thanks for informing me. People should actually use that as a template. Yeah. When it comes to anything that they might get wrong on the internet, we get stuff wrong all the time. It's not; it really isn't that hard. Sorry, got it wrong. I removed this tweet, and here's why. Yep. Ike Reese was as delightful as always, talking about the Super Bowl matchup and the Eagles, and then we replayed some of Pat Mahomes on yesterday with the afternoon guys. Just saw him in the and just ducked his head into the studio. There he was. So 80 for Brady is coming out go. on Friday <laughs> and you know you how don't say. you know how uh earlier this week we or last week we heard Rita Moreno talking about the pheromones mm-hmm. in the locker room well all of the the four great Americans were on Jimmy Kimmel's show and she talked a little bit more explicitly about her experience in the locker room with the men's Okay I simply want to say I hope you had nothing else planned for <laughs> I don't I simply want to say that my favorite scene in the movie takes place in the locker room where the guys are, you know, Gronk, all of these guys. You're in the locker room, And I entered the room, and it's a real locker room, and I swear to God, like in seconds, I got turned on. (laughs) You're saying a room full of naked men excited you for some reason? Not only excited me, I kept grabbing myself. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Oh, like a monkey. I I kept saying to myself, what is wrong with you? You are, that was then, 90, I'm 91 now. 
I said, you are 90, and I'm saying to myself, and then I thought, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, not at all. The only one she name-checked is Grug. Right. Here's the thing. The movie should just be them sitting in a room talking about doing this awful movie. Yes. That's the movie. Yeah, the making of is better than the movie. I'd pay $20. I would think that the DVD with their commentary would be exactly what you want. Yeah. I don't even need to see the movie. I just want to hear you four talk about the experience of doing the movie. I don't even know if they have DVDs anymore. Sure they do. Two monkeys were taken from the Dallas Zoo on Monday, police said. The latest in a string of odd incidents of the attraction being investigated, including fences being cut and the suspicious death of an endangered vulture in the past few weeks. No arrests have been made in any of the investigations, and police have not said whether the incidents are linked. Dallas police said they believe someone cut an opening in an enclosure and took two emperor tamarind monkeys. What? Small primates with long whiskers that look like a mustache. They actually, <laughs> they, you know, what they look like they look like the the teacher Pi May from Kill Bill. Ah, oh, that they look like Pi May. Just make sure they don't have poisoned fish heads. They said it was clear the habit habitat had been intentionally compromised. The zoo said the incident follows the January 13th closure of the zoo in a day long search when a clouded leopard went missing. She was eventually found near her habitat. But police said a tool had been used to cut an opening at its fencing. A similar gash was found in in an enclosure of languor monkeys, though none got out. On January 21st, an endangered vulture was found dead, and the zoo said the death did not appear to be natural. Ed Hansen, the chief executive of the American Association of Zookeepers, said it appears someone really has an issue with the Dallas Zoo. He described the Dallas Zoo's reputation as excellent within the industry says accredited zoos have double perimeter fencing and that a zoo as large as Dallas would have a security patrol. The zoo has said it's added additional cameras and increased overnight security patrols. The two emperor tamarind monkeys that have gone missing would most likely stay near their habitat, but a search of the zoo grounds has failed to find them. So this this sounds like inside job, right? This sounds like the animals need to be free. This sounds like inside job with somebody... Which I don't on its now, face disagree with. The, the last paragraph, though, animals have escaped from enclosures from the Dallas Zoo before. Most notably, a 340-pound gorilla named Jabari jumped over a wall in 2004 and went on a 40-minute rampage that injured three people before police shot and killed the animal. How did we miss that? Do you think that the the gorilla was named after the tribe? I don't know. Well, I know that it's the tribe from Black Panther. That's what I'm saying. No, it was 2004. Oh, it, it was that was the tribe in the comic book before long before the movie? Yeah. I what after everything that went down with Harambe and the gorilla and all that, how did how did, gorilla. How, how, did how did we it miss still makes a, me laugh. a forty minute rampage that injured three people? Literally rampage. Remember the video yeah. game is a- that's. I think that's also upstairs on thirty three, dude. We gotta get my, up there. It's changed we my get life, man. They, you remember I was joking. Do they have Gorf? Yeah, they have. They gorf. have Gorf. They have Joust. You're they've got, set. They've got one of the machines with all the games on it. I played Centipede. 
Are you any good? Yeah, I'm, I'm rusty, but I was still second place. I can get a free guy. I, I can get like fifteen thousand. Yeah, I think I ended up at about fifteen thousand. Yeah, it's about that's about the best I've ever done. I could never build the funnel. Like the really good centipede players could arrange the mushrooms to build the funnel to get it to. You could just basically sit there. The and, problem is the ladybugs always messing up your. Well, and the scorpion that would go by on the top and poison all the mushrooms, and then it could bypass everything. Oh, yeah, that's enough. Sorry. No, you're right. Sorry, you're too deep on centipede there? That's fine. They're right. We need to get to Brad Spielberger, who's going to join us and talk to us about some some stuff. Like, there's salary cap stuff and bear stuff, and something that we a listener alerted us to that we have to ask him about as it pertains to the new president of the Bears. We'll do that next here on The Score. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 